Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you were blessed by today's sermon. Let us pray. Father, I come before you today to humbly ask you to replace my spirit with your Holy Spirit. And may my words be your words. And I pray the words I speak here today be what you wish those listening today to hear. In the name of our blessed Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I've got some good news today. I'm going to be talking about how to become perfect. So those of you that are already perfect can go ahead and leave and maybe go get a donut or a cup of coffee. Now, look at Brian. Brian's going, no, 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 no. <laughs> now, the, the humorous part is, I know there's at least two people sitting here today going, oh, man, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but I can't leave now. Today, we're going, to become, we're going to talk about the process to become Christ-like. Now, the $5 word is sanctification. I desire all to come to the loving knowledge of Jesus Christ. To see the glory, to see the love. Oh, by the way, I didn't bring any Kleenex up here at this time. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, we got some. Okay, good. Somebody put it there. They were very kind. Um, so... Becoming Christ-like, though, is a process. Now, in my professional life before I became a deacon, I was a process engineer. What I did was I took a, several chemicals, would mix them together, and then a reaction would occur, and then a, fi a finished product of a different chemical would come out. This happened exactly the same every single time. It's part of the laws of chemistry, the laws of nature. Unless somebody made a mistake, or maybe there was a contaminant in the batch. But if it all goes according to plan, it will work out the same every single time. And sanctification is the same way. It's a process where with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will start from wherever we are in life, and God will change us. He will mold us through His will into our perfect form. The process begins by your redemption by Christ and your acceptance of salvation through Him. Him and Him alone. It starts where you are, sinner or saint, but it doesn't end on this earth. We all start at different places, but again, we end up in the same place through this process. With Christ in paradise, in a perfected form, He designates. Now, as C.S. Lewis points out, some people are inclined to virtue. And I think we've met those folks. Naturally good. They do the right thing. God has blessed them greatly. And they have a huge burden to bear. Because they don't understand what it takes to overcome sin. Perhaps... They realized what Christ did for them and eventually humbled themselves before him, just like we did. Perhaps they hit a bottom because of a major loss in life or personal or financial, perhaps addiction, drugs, alcohol, or pornography. One day we all reach a point where we know we cannot go on, rich, poor, sinner, and saint. We all hear God's voice and realize we can only continue to suffer alone in our life. That's our destiny. 
or we beg Jesus to save us. Save us through the grace of God and the sacrifice of Christ. We are saved from sin. We are redeemed. We are saved. This is the start of the process of sanctification. I want to give a little caution here. As we walk with God, we tend to look at others' walks. And we compare them to us and think maybe, maybe we're not doing the right thing. Maybe we could be better. Or on the other side of the coin is we're better than they are. These are both the lies of Satan. Paul used the metaphor of running a race many times. And sanctification is a race. It does not matter who wins, but that we finish. Now, one of the jokes I've used several times since we're talking about this 5K is if you ever see me running, you better look behind me because there's something big and bad chasing me. In my life, what is that big and bad? It's sin. It's the pit of hell. And I run the race to finish, not to win. So you ask, what if the Spirit's telling you that the person that you're talking to is not walking the path of light, the path of righteousness? You can witness your story to them. But what does God call us to do? Love them. Just love them. Through your love, they can be saved. Now I'm going to give you a metaphor at this point, illustration. It's not perfect. But I want you to envision a bright, beautiful light. This light represents God. It's welcoming. It's the epitome of love. You can feel its warmth. You can feel the purity of that light. Now your worldly mind is telling you, hey, just ignore that. But you're drawn to it. You are called to the light of God. And as you're drawn, you move closer. But as you get closer, you look down. And the light has revealed that your robe is covered with the filthy sins of your life. And in despair, you can't go any further. Every imperfection in your life is shown in the brightness of this light. You can't find a way to clean your own robe. You try and try until you break down and cry, Jesus, save me. You look up and Jesus is there, standing there. He has always been there, covered in his redemptive blood, the holes in his hands, his feet and his side. He embraces you. And that hug conveys all the love he has for you. And then he releases the hug. Now he is covered by your sins. Your robe is, appears clean. You are cleansed, redeemed by his blood, saved through his grace. You are free to approach the light. You look up and the light draws you closer. You take a step, maybe another. But as the light gets brighter and brighter, it reveals new stains or sins that you 
could not see before because of your distance from God. And the closer you are to the light, the more aware you are of the perfections you have. Imperfections you have, sorry. Those imperfections may be new or from before your salvation. But the presence of God's love has revealed them to you. When you finally realize that your sins cannot be cleaned by your action, but only through God's grace, you ask Jesus to cleanse you, to sanctify you. Jesus quietly tells you, I am here. I've already forgiven you. I cleansed you. Listen for his voice. Listen for his voice. It is there. This is the process of sanctification. This is one that you'll repeat over and over and over throughout your life. First, you are saved by the blood of the Lamb when his work begins in you. Your life slowly aligns with God's will. And your tolerance for sin will decrease. Your resistance to temptation will increase. You will learn to hear the voice of God in your life and obey his call. God has shown you there is something better and you strive towards it. And you cannot complete this process in your lifetime. You only receive your perfect form in heaven with God. You run the race as best you can. And as our Hebrews reading says today, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And finally, one day you will cross the threshold and appear at a banquet. You come into the banquet hall alone and confused. There's seating for hundreds and you don't know where to sit. Because you are redeemed by Jesus and saved by his blood and the grace of God sanctified, you humbly know that your place is with the lowest of the servants. So you take a place among them, confident that you are home. Jesus, our blessed Lord, comes down from the head of the table and places his hand on your shoulder and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come, sit with me at the head of the table. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we stand with Christians throughout the centuries and throughout the world today to affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven 
By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and it's at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us pray for the church and for the world. For relief of famine in the Middle East and Africa and the peace of the whole world. Lord, in your mercy. For our nation, for those in authority, and for all in public service, especially Joseph, our president, Greg, our governor, Patrick, our mayor, and Terry, our Midland County judge, for first responders, for the military, and for the Border Patrol. Lord, in your mercy. For teachers and students, and all the people and institutions who are part of our community. Lord, in your mercy. For missions and ministries we support outside the parish. For love, for the least, and for Teen Challenge. And all who, those who proclaim the gospel at home and abroad. And for all who teach and disciple others. Lord, in your mercy. For Syria and Afghanistan and all our brothers and sisters in Christ who are persecuted for their faith. Lord, in your mercy. For Foley, our Archbishop, Ryan, our Bishop, Henry, our Rector, and for all the clergy and people of our diocese and congregation. Lord, in your mercy. For the Breaking Bread Soup Kitchen and all the missions and ministries of our church family. Lord, in your mercy. For all those who are in, for Brian Gorman, David Griffin, Helen Kimbrell, Angel LeBron, Rick McLaughlin, Lisa Warren, Suzanne and Taylor, and Duke Roush, and all those who are in trouble, sorrow, sickness, or any other adversity, Lord, in your mercy. For all who have departed this life in the certain hope of resurrection, we give thanks. Lord, in your mercy. We give you thanks and praise for the recent rain and all the blessings we receive from your hand. Lord, in your mercy. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us. 
that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.